Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jennifer Stiers, as you know, uh, and I am all rocked out today uh, for my guest. Uh, you know, you, normally I wear uh, chick clothes, and I was like, well, I've got Michael Moulton, my wonderful guest on today and friend. And so I said, I'm going to wear my rocker clothes. And then he shows up and I knew we'd match in black because he always wears black, except for today. <laughs> at least I match your tats. Well, at least I didn't bring a green shirt. <laughs> at le- <laughs> I was wondering why he was carrying a t-shirt. But, oh. but anyway, so uh, yes. So today uh, on Lovability Podcast, uh, we, we have had our guest, Michael Moulton, uh, on before. He's a dear friend of mine too, love him to a million pieces, and I know y'all will too. Uh, we've we've talked about, so Michael is an expert in addiction. Uh, he works at Healing Springs. Yes. Uh, Healing Springs uh, Ranch, is it, it's a ranch, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, maybe he can tell us more about that, but but that's, uh, that's the a- addict side of it. But there's all kinds, we always have these amazing conversations because he is my friend. We always end up having these amazing conversations about relational things as it, we never have a non-deep conversation either. Right. Every time we talk, it's always something deep and meaningful, even over brunch. Um, so, uh, but but we wanted to hit some of the tougher things because it, even when I wrote about boundaries today, boundaries, um, uh, codependency, which... I'm talking to my clients regularly about. I mean, codependency is a huge deal in my in my practice, and uh, and teaching people boundaries, which we'll talk about today. But I mean, these happen to be his wheelhouse because he's always talking about these things with addiction, and especially with the Al-Anon program, right, Michael? Like the yes. whole yeah. codependency thing is really, really big with Al-Anon, mm-hmm. right? And relationships are thank you so much for for having oh me God, on you're such a here. you're such a people so people know we're neighbors you know and and it was um every time i'm going to the mail or going for my walk um jennifer's out saving some cat out of a tree or or whatever <laughs> mission yeah and and yeah. when we talk in, in a rabbit and, the yeah. other day yeah so jennifer and rachel myself and, and kim gatlin you know we have our sunday brunch yes. uh, that we had such a good time with we have good fellowship and we have great conversations um, yeah, I am. I am a recovering drug addict, alcoholic, and really uh, quickly, I would love for you to just give the two cents the little story because Michael has Michael had a very different life. God, this just goes to show you how God calls us to bigger, bigger things through some really challenging things in our life, and so he's got kind of a little story and how he got. So just tell, just give your little your little story so we can. Well, I, I have a disease uh, that's cunning, baffling, and powerful, and I have a disease that speaks to me in my own voice, and I have a disease that tells me that um, I don't have a disease, and I'm a recovering drug addict alcoholic, and as a result of my choices, um, my life became very unmanageable because of drugs and alcohol, and I was powerless over it, and um, I have 27 mug shots. I was incarcerated for four years. Um, I had four felonies, uh, and... Um, I thought my life was over, and I had a spiritual awakening uh, while being incarcerated, and I choose to call my God of my understanding Jesus Christ, and he has led me to this whole new purpose in life, and that is spreading the message of hope 
uh, to the ones who are suffering. And the more sober I get and the more spiritual I get, the more I start realizing that we're all addicts. We're addicted to sin. You know, we're addicted to visible things to try to fix my invisible problems. And so today I, I, I'm very transparent. I'm very open. And I love sharing, you know, how I get through the day without drinking or drugging, you know, and, and relationships are a huge part of that. Yes. And that's what we talk about. You know, it's funny because I have known him for such a long time and I've seen him get triggered. I've, I've we've had many conversations mm. uh, with him in his personal relationship where he is triggered and he's very well aware of it. And uh, it it's a different world for me. I'll be the first to say, I mean, we talk about it because I I mean, I know he just said we're all addicts, and and I and I'm sure we are, but I really don't understand the mindset uh, as much. And so, I love that he can explain that to me. Uh, I'm kind of one of these people. If you don't like it, change, yeah. make a different decision, make a different choice, and that's easy for me. But it's not easy for everybody. And and uh, so, having said that, uh, we've had some really hard, tough, amazing conversations. Uh, I also. Uh, I also sought out his assistant at one point uh, in my life because I was ended up with an addict uh, in my life. And um, it didn't start out that way, but it turned into that. And uh, so I had, I really, because it's not my deal, I had nowhere to go. And so uh, I ended up there. Well, I need, <laughs> I, ended to up here. I need to congratulate you. I was thinking about this driving up here to the studio on Air Media. By the way, it's incredible. This it's is a, awesome. I know they're amazing. Um, and Ziggy, so good to see you again, your producer, incredible awesome. producer. But as I was driving up here, I remember you calling me one day saying, hey, I have a couple that are friends of mine oh, and yeah. they are struggling with addiction. And and Michael, I'm going to take your suggestion because you said there's something there's something that is so powerful as a solution for the disease, and that's one alcoholic working with another, one drug addict working with another, and you referred them over to me. I'm here to tell you today uh, that the gentleman that you introduced me to is still sober to this day. I love that. Yeah, Thank you. Great story. He's a dear friend of mine, great and story. I appreciate it. They're yeah. a great couple, and I'm so glad they're back together. Yeah. And it's it's nice to hear that people can overcome adversity if somebody wants to try and get sober, you know, if somebody wants to try and makes that choice. And I think that's the hardest part is that so often addicts are in denial and they can't, and this is what this is about. This is why the conversation is here today. And I don't, it doesn't matter whether it's addiction, it could be relational. If somebody doesn't want to change, it's not going to happen. We, as you can't be codependent on the fact that you can change them. You know, I, I think we've talked about this about love. So many people think that loving somebody, they can love them out of a mess mm -hmm. or love them out of an addiction or my love is so amazing that it will fix them and they'll want, to, they'll be inspired uh, to change. And that's not true. Right. That's you, exactly right. Why is that not true? Well, I mean, <laughs> You pet the bird, you hold the bird, but you don't squeeze the bird, right? You know, we, we, we can't, I, I'm powerless. That's a weird analogy. <laughs> yeah, the, the codependency. I mean, uh -huh. so, so my deal is, is, is I use my personal experience, uh -huh. okay? And I'm in a relationship and I'm engaged to our good friend, Rachel Stacy. Right. And so there has been times where in a relationship, things just don't make sense to me. And you've really helped me through some stuff that we've talked about because she's different. You know, she's a musician, she's an artist, she's artsy fartsy, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm not. And, you know, and she's different because at 11 o'clock at night, she gets awake. 
you know, and 11 o'clock at night, I start getting tired. And so it's this dance that we learn to do. Now, what's the most dangerous thing in the world for a drug addict and an alcoholic is resentments, right? And resentment is the number one offender. It kills recovering drug addicts and alcoholics. It drives us to drink and we don't know why. So the solution to it is to talk about it, to talk about it and to, you know, look at what role I play in it. I'm in fear. I'm in fear. I'm going to be losing something or something's going to be taken away from me. And it's actually made our relationship stronger. She works an incredibly strong program of recovery and I do too. So it's actually made our relationship really strong and, and it's my buddy. And, and very, and a lot of depth to it because again, there's, there's not a, there's not a lot of shallow conversations when we are sitting together. No, that's right. I mean, I ju it's just, it's, and, and why shouldn't that be the way that it is? I mean, why, why can't we have, and I think that's people's unwillingness to have those conversations that creates relational problems in the first place is because you have to talk about it. If it's, if it, you know, there's an elephant in the room, you need to discuss it. So, uh, so anyway, let's, cause let's open that up because one of the things that Michael has brought up to me before, and many of you share this, be the whole codependency thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of being so afraid of losing control of somebody uh, and that's what codependency is, is it's, it's really in a sense, and I hate to use the word manipulation, but it's really a form of manipulation so that that relationship is comfortable for somebody. Right. Like, so they just make it into what they need it to be and who they need that person to be for them. So it's comfortable for them. Right. Right. <clears throat> so codependency, uh, I think everybody has it on some level. Yeah, I mean, I we've talked about this. I, I, I think it, at what point is it dysfunctional though? At what point does it become toxic? And we've, we've crossed the line of, of, um, of healthy, right. Of it being healthy and not being able to like, for example, I mean, just want to use one of your triggers one time, if you don't mind, um, <clears throat> when he and Rachel were having a difference and he couldn't read her. He didn't know where she was and him not. And this is, this is 100% codependent. This is that person that is, becomes insecure in a relationship, doesn't know where things stand and immediately starts to do their stuff. Right. Right. Because of it. It's like they withdraw, they question, they freak out, they, they push away, they pull closer, right? right. All, whatever the dynamic is. That's codependency. Right. That's right. Exactly right. And I can relate to that. And I think we can all relate to that to a certain degree. You know, mm -hmm. from a 12 step recovery standpoint, the world that I'm in now that's keeping me clean and sober, a codependency is basically that that person. That person becomes my drug of choice. Right. That person becomes my higher power. And I have to admit that I am powerless over this person. And because of him or her, mm -hmm. my life has become completely unmanageable. Right? right. So what I've done is I've actually put a human being in between me and God. That's in my world. Whatever I put between me and God, I'm uncomfortable today. There's just something that's uncomfortable. It's uneasy inside of me. And what that is, is a spiritual disconnect. It's a disconnect. It's the power's not connected. It's misfiring. Now, the old me, when that misfiring was going, which is being uncomfortable, anxious, paranoid, to make that go away, my solution was drugs and alcohol. All right. So drugs and alcohol gave me that sense of ease for just a half a second, Jennifer. So my solution to enhance that sense of ease was to do more. 
And the more that I did, actually, the more the level of discomfort increased, so I would do more. So it's this sick disease going over. That can also be done with a human being and, and severe codependency of, of it. Great thing about codependency is recognizing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wait, I'm feeling, I'm feeling codependent. I need to talk to somebody. I need to get this off my chest because what's happening is, is there are thoughts that are out there. I'm taking those thoughts, putting them in my head and truly believing that they're my thoughts. Okay. That's fear. It's false evidence appearing real. It's not happening. It's not happening. And I need someone like a neighbor of Jennifer to talk me off the ledge. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then it's good. And that's called connection. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, codependency, uh, it's, you see a lot of it real. I mean, there's varying degrees, obviously, but people that grew up with history of addiction mm. And it could be that the addiction wasn't in the immediate family. It could be that, like, I could ask people, well, did either one of your parents have, you know, drug or alcohol problem? And they don't. But then if you go one generation higher, it's there. Uh, and so... Well, it can also be trauma. I mean, it can be trauma from growing up that, you know, creates so much fear. Abandonment issues. There are, and especially as a man. As a man, you know, for a man to sit there and get completely honest and say, I am in fear of abandonment. I am in fear, Jennifer, that you're going to leave me. And that scares me. I'm terrified. And as a man, I'm not going to admit that because that says that I'm weak. You know, I feel like just it, here it is because we don't plan anything we're talking about. And I feel like there's a difference between the fear of abandonment and codependency. Tell me. Because a fear of abandonment obviously comes from a fear of not being able to attach to something that you need. Mm. And codependency is feeling like you can't be without something. And you, and I, and I feel like, and because you're relying, codependency is relying on somebody else's energy or their emotions or whatever to fulfill yours where fear of abandonment is just fear. I mean, I'm literally, I'm just thinking from an origin standpoint, yeah. they don't present necessarily the same. Um, uh, codependency comes from a lack of, a lack of faith in yourself, a lack of worthiness, a lack of, uh, a lack of faith in the world. Mm. Uh, it comes from having, uh, I guess, a not feeling safe, mm. <laughs> uh, right? right? So not feeling safe as a child, uh, lots of roots back to how we grew up, right. a lot of roots to that. But I mean, I'm not saying it's out of the question, but I feel like we need to be able to separate them because not everything can be labeled. And so we label a lot. And um, I think everybody should read the book, the books about code, like codependent, no more easy, simple, mm -hmm. Melanie Beatty, easy mm -hmm. read. Everybody should read it. Mm -hmm. uh, and from there you move from codependency into boundaries, because once you understand codependency, you being dependent on something else or someone else for your source of energy or happiness, then you need to be able to say, then you need to be able to own who you are, right? And what energy you, you are bringing to the table what you're allowing in, what choices you're making, that's a boundary, right. What choice and what choices you're allowing other people to make in your world, right. right? Right. They're also intertwined, aren't they? Right. I mean, are boundaries a big, are big thing amongst the uh, addiction community? Absolutely. So Absolutely. how does it fit into all that? 
I mean, boundaries, I, I, you know, I have boundaries that, you know, there are people who um, they're not drinking and doing drugs, but they live a lifestyle that just it's a luxury I don't have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I set those boundaries up saying, I love you, you know, and I'm pulling for you, but I just can't go with you. It's just it's just a it's a world that I can't live in. Right. And so those are boundaries that I do. I have healthy boundaries today as far as just my surroundings, right? you know, just my surroundings that, um, you know, it's, it, I just know that I just, I, I can't, there are, there are, there are roads that I just can't go down and I have to set up healthy boundaries because. Well, I'm, you can, it's always a choice. It's a choice. I right. mean, I feel like that's the one thing if I had to, the whole 12 step and I know you love it, I'm not knocking it, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's the one part of it that I've never understood. I've told you this before. Right. It drives me nuts because that whole idea of an alcoholic saying I'm, a, I'm, I'm an addict and I'll always be an addict. And, um, and that that's, you know, defining yourself that way where I feel like people that have recovered have recovered. And if we could proclaim that we've recovered, I'm, I'm recovered because I'm making different choices. Right. I mean, it, let me touch there, on that real quick. There's the power yeah. in th that's the power in yeah. that. That's a for very me. good topic and let me touch on that because uh, Dr. Tony Evans who is just a huge huge mentor of mine. I, I don't know him personally yet, but I just I um you know, he says that we don't speak it into existence. I get that. I totally get that. You right. know, am I an alcoholic? Am I a drug addict? Um, no, I'm not that person today. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I truly believe that. Okay. But the reason why I say that I'm a recovering drug addict alcoholic is because the one who is still suffering, the one who is out there in active addiction, they know that I can relate to them. Okay. I'm a man. Okay. That's who I am. Right. Got it. Okay. So I have experience in active addiction. I have experience in active alcoholism and I'm in recovery for that. And I want you to know that because if you didn't know that you wouldn't have sent your friend to me. Right. right? So, yeah. Cause you're not on a different side of the fence. Yeah. You're on the same side. I, like this is, we're all struggling. Here's where, so, yeah. So I get that, that we speak it. I totally get that argument. And mm -hmm. I wanted to explain that to you because that's not who I am today. Right. I am a different person today. I've been rocketed to the fourth dimension I don't do the things that I used to do. Yes. Yeah, good. You're, mm -hmm. You you have changed. You know, uh, what I love about him is he's like this cool version of, of <laughs> like, a, a recovered person. You know, I, I think so many times people can, we, we judge and we label what that should look like. And I do hear people, like, on the dating world, I hear people say uh, that they don't want to go out with somebody that either doesn't drink Right? right, like they don't want to go out and have drinks if the other person doesn't. And there's some people that just don't choose to drink. Right, right. I'm not a big drinker. Right, no, you're not. And and so, but would it make if it made somebody uncomfortable that I didn't have a drink at dinner? That would be a problem in that person, not with me. Right. right? Uh, but but having said that, I well, I that, you bring find, up a good point. What's the difference between a social drinker and an alcoholic? The difference between a social drinker and an alcoholic is that the event is more important than the drink. That's what you are. 
as for the alcoholic in active addiction is that the drink is more important than the event. <laughs> I, just can't get that. I, I cannot ever wrap myself around it. It's great though, but I, yeah. I really can't. Uh, so, uh, so Stan, uh, we have, uh, somebody listening. Stan says he's a recovered alcoholic. All right. He said recovered. Yeah. Recovered. recovered. I, I get that. Yeah. I totally yeah. get that. Uh, and, uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing and how you relate to people though. Uh, so, so having said that, let's, um, let's talk more about, I know the last show we did, we did talk about how does somebody bridge that if they are in a, I mean, if they are in a relationship with somebody who is an addict, Yeah. but I feel like, uh, Okay, so here's where I don't want to tick you off by saying this, but you're not. But there are behaviors of an addict, and and even if you're not an addict, even if you're not a, a, a active addict, you can still have the behaviors such as uh, accountability, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a big that's a big word in recovery, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's a big word in relationships because. Two people need to be able to show up to a relationship, each accountable for themselves and their own stuff, right? Amen. And everybody's accountable to who they are. And uh, and that's the whole thing with boundaries. That's mm -hmm. where boundaries come in. It's like, this is, I'm responsible for me. I'm not responsible for you. Right. Right? Right. What you bring to the, I'm, I'm your friend because I like what you bring into my existence. But if I didn't, I could choose to not have you as my friend. Right. Right? right. There are plenty of people we choose to right. not let in. But, but I think that accountability portion of it is is huge and something that I know that you, you deal with every day, Michael, that it's always being accountable to something greater than yourself. Amen. That's exactly right. Left to my own devices, I will fail. You know, I am, and I like what you say about the, the addict behavior. I am, um, when I, when I'm messy, I look real messy. You know, and, and the worst thing that say to an addict is, is I see it coming. You have this pattern, you have this cycle that you go through and I can see it coming. Fortunately, but unfortunately for me, I am engaged to a recovering drug addict alcoholic. So we know each other very well. It's, there's a lot of upside to that. There's also some challenges to it because I have to work, make sure that I'm working my program and that she's not, work, I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to be, you need to do it my way. This right. is what's working for me. Right. Okay. So I have to accept that. Um, I have a mentor. I have what we call it a sponsor. You know that that I rely on, not rely on, talk to. Um, I, dumping on Rachel, I can't do that. That's a luxury I don't have. So I have that that person that I can talk to. At the end of the day, you know, one of my clients the other day was saying, and we were talking about uh, monogamy, and he was saying that he. He's, he never cheated on his wife in 20 some odd years because, and it wasn't because he didn't have opportunity and it wasn't because he didn't want to, I think at times it was because he knew nobody could have found out about it, but he knew that God knew. Right. And it was just that accountability to God kept him honest in his life. And I get that. I, I really, really get that. And I think that that's a great place for people to start that are that do have boundary issues that do have codependency things is understanding that you are responsible for you and the only person or thing that you really answer to is yourself and God, right? Right. I mean that's it. 
I mean, the minute that we start caring about what other people think or start worrying about this portion of our life or that person and what they're doing, even if it's our spouse, right? Right. Then we start crossing those borders of, of it not being healthy. If I take care of me and you take care of you and we both are accountable to God and, and our, and our self and right. who we are and what we believe in, then we're all good. It works. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, that's a big accountability. Yeah. So this is what I've learned and I really believe it. Okay. So if we want to get to the real root of the foundation of a relationship, I truly believe in this. So, so hear me out as, as a believer and as somebody who studies the word of God. Okay. I truly believe that the man is engineered because it says in the word, he is engineered and designed to be the spiritual leader of the household. That doesn't mean the control freak. It doesn't mean that, no, he is the spiritual leader of the household and God speaks through him as the husband and the father to be that leader in the household. As a result of that, the wife submits to the man, okay? That's not a control deal. It's not anything, but it submits to the man. And that wife is, has a sense of ease that that's my man. I'm going with him. I support him. I stand behind him. And I'm safe with him. And I'm safe with him. That's a chick. But we work together as a team. Right. As a, as a corporation, a fine-tuned machine. And what we do is church together and invite God into our relationship. That is a solid, healthy relationship. So what is the disease? What is the dark side? What does Satan do? He focuses on taking out the man. Taking out the man. Because if he takes out the man, he destroys the whole family in one swoop. Okay? And so he can take out the man by putting thoughts in like, hey, go be with another girl. Infidelity is okay. You don't need to go home. Lie to her. Don't be honest with her. She's a nag. You know, all these things. And this is how the enemy works and destroys the entire family. That's the real root of addiction. That's the real root of chemical dependency is, is so trying can, to find that leader. Can a woman feel that way, though, too? Where, I mean, I, I could see where those same thoughts, because, I mean, as a counselor, I see just as many women cheating as I do men. And actually I would have said 10 years ago that I saw more women cheating than men. And now the statistics are, are showing it. So let me tell you why the, I think I really believe the reason why is, is because the woman is looking for a visible thing to solve her invisible problems. And that invisible problem is a lack of a connection with God, a lack of a connection with God. I can relate to that. This just happened last night. This, and I'll never, we went for a walk last night in our neighborhood, okay? And Rachel just said something out of the clear blue. You never know what Rachel's going to say, right? No, you don't. But, but she said something <laughs> out of the clear blue that was really cool because she goes, did you, did you ever think about being with another girl? That's what she said, right out of the clear blue. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> but you know what's cool, Jennifer, is I got to answer the question and the answer was no. I didn't used to be that way. Mm -hmm. I never was that way. I thought that's with normal thoughts, right? Today, that's the recovered. That's the new creature in Christ. That is someone that, that can sit there and say, I am not the man I used to be. And I sat there and go, no, no, never, never, never have. And I couldn't have said that in my How life. How could you? Look at Rachel. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why would you need to when right. you have Rachel? But, 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 but I'm a man. You know right. what I mean? 
I have never since I've been with her and since I've been sober, since my release from being incarcerated, that thought has never entered my mind. You know, and I think the more self-aware somebody is and the more in touch and enlightened uh, somebody is, the less likely they are to stray from who they are and what they believe. Mm -hmm. And and that 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 is about awareness. Now here, back to, back to boundaries. I don't mean to cut you off because back to boundaries, I have people that I know that are all for open marriages. They think it's okay. Mm -hmm. They think inf infidelity is okay. Mm -hmm. And that is my boundary. That is my stance. Mm -hmm. I love you. I want you to have the greatest life ever, you know? Right. But I said, but the way that I witness Christ to these men is by my actions. Right. You know, you can go with me. I'm not going with you. That's what I do. I love that. That's a boundary. I love Hey, it, yeah. it, 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 well, it, you know what? It's that, I guess that's a boundary. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the that's the one thing with boundaries is that if people know who they are and they know what they stand for, everything else is outside of that. Right. Right? The person your what did what do they call it? Your personal property line? Like this is okay, but this isn't okay. I call it everything inside my hula hoop. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I have a hula hoop around Let me. Let me see you use a hula hoop today. Right, That'd right, be fun. Right. That'd be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but everything that's inside my hula hoop is what I'm responsible for. Right. And with the, yeah, yeah. with that thing. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. And everything outside of it is outside of it. But if we don't know what's inside and that's where boundaries come into yeah. place, if we don't know what's in, now you're going to have me saying in my hula hoop, but if you don't know what's in your space, in your in your inner boundary, if you don't know who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, you can stray. You can be tempted. You can make different decisions, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that that is that that's where that comes from is not being solid with yourself. Mm -hmm. However, um, here's again where I'm going. I know I'm going to defer to you on this because that is somebody who's not an addict. Because I have complete control. Nothing has control over me. Nothing. Yeah, it does. God. Cat, cats do. Cats have control over you. <laughs> Just God. Right. Just God. You know, and that's it. But nothing else in my life has control over me. And, and so that makes it harder for somebody like me to understand something because that is something that you've battled with. And every addict battles with it, right? Right. That there's something else that they... It has control over them. So I can relate to you. And, and like for people who are addicted to gaming, okay? Gaming is a is is becoming a very, very deadly disease right now, okay? Mm -hmm. Because people are isolating, they're getting focused on gaming, okay? Yes. I can't relate to that. Mm -hmm. So that's like that's how you look at drug addiction, alcoholism. We've had this talk before. It's like people who are addicted to gaming, I'm just like you with alcohol and drugs. I'm like, I, I just don't get it. I, I cannot sit there and play games all day long. I just don't, I can't do it, you know, but there are people, there is recovery for people who are gamers. It is an addiction that has their life out of control. There's all kinds of addictions. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's gambling, there's sex, yeah. you know, there's love. We've, we talked about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are varying degrees of that. And, and I, all of that, all of that comes from our childhood. All of it comes from patterns, uh, that we can learn to, uh, 
we can learn to change them. Right. I mean, or redefine them a lot of times because that's what it takes is as an adult, when you understand more, uh, you're able to redefine things that you hadn't looked at in a long time in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, so to be able to say, that's what I thought this meant when my dad left me, you know, that I wasn't worthy, I wasn't this or that. But then when they get to know dad, as they've grown up, they've seen that dad is this and dad is that. And it really wasn't about them. It was about dad. Right. Right. And that's owning your own stuff and, and right. And standing in your own power. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I do think it's important, even though this is kind of a roundabout conversation, I do think it's really important for people to take the time to look at their childhood, to look at their patterns that they have, to look at the places where they lose themselves in a relationship where the lines are blurred, uh, where you find you start to lose control or you start to uh, latch on tighter somewhere. Uh, you know, it, funny that uh, and people are so different, but the, the gentleman that I was with for a long, long time, uh, when he was very codependent, too. God bless him, um, on top of all the other stuff. But he literally, if we, if we got into a spat, I'm that person. I'm like, give me space. Don't talk to me. Yeah. I'll think about it. Just let, leave me alone to my thoughts and let me think. And I'll figure it out and we'll come and talk. And he was that person. I hear this with couples all the time. That then there's the other one that needs to be in their face. That's Rachel right? and I. That's yeah. Rachel and I. I know it is. That is Rachel. we had these conversations. Rachel wants to run and go think about it and process. I'm a fixer. Yeah. I want to fix it right now. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting you say but that. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of patterns mm -hmm. out there like that. I mean, as a counselor, I know that, mm -hmm. um, I've heard that. So, uh, you know, and it, and that is a, that is a boundary also, like that would be a personal boundary for me is, you know, is for somebody to give me my space because you're not respecting me if you are demanding to be in my space when I need space. Right. 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 I mean, and I think that's a, that's a big, that's a big deal. I think you for know, a lot of people. And here's a solution to that. Rachel's sponsor uh, made a suggestion that what we do is we call what's called a 24 hour timeout. Okay. <laughs> so Rachel calls wow. and we've come to that agreement. She will call a timeout for 24 hours. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're, we, we just take a timeout. We take a break. And the rules are, is that we're not going to shoot at each other or anything like that. It's just a 24 hour to, to process. And that's working well for us today. You're not going to shoot each other. That's good to know. Yeah, not shoot each other, but you <laughs> know what really I mean. really good to know. Shoot words at each other, you know, little slugs. Uh, slug, but right. Another thing that I would like for you to talk about, we can touch on a little bit here, if you don't mind, is something that I, that's dangerous in our relationship is expectations. You know, oh, yeah. I have certain expectations uh, for Rachel and I've realized through insanity, okay, doing the same thing over and over is that my expectations are setting me up for resentments every time. You know, I expect her to be home at a certain time. I expect her to answer. A <laughs> That's a joke in itself, but yes, go ahead. Yes, Keep, keep yeah. moving. And, keep moving. Uh, but to, um, to um, answer questions a certain way, you know what I mean? Or And everybody does that. Right. Everybody, you know, especially in this dating world, I think where it yes. shows up the most yeah. is when people start dating and one person has one style, another person has another style. So for example, there might be somebody that is always on their phone, yeah. right? They're constantly on their phone. I'm kind of one of them. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but having said that, there's also times where I put it down. And so if somebody is expecting an immediate response, and I hear this a lot of times, like I text them and they didn't text me back for hours or they're not very responsive to me or uh, I haven't heard for them all day today. Well, maybe they had a busy day, right. you know, so you start talking about those expectations. 
Just because you're a certain way does not mean somebody else is a certain way. And putting your thoughts, ideas, beliefs, desires onto somebody else because that's what you would do. And that's where people fall into because I would do this. If you ever find yourself saying that, I would do this. If somebody texts me, I would text them back. If somebody you know, called me, I'd at least have the courtesy to stop and send them a message, you know? Okay. That's you. That's what you would do. And separating you from them is a, is something people have such a hard time with. And it's interesting. We brought up the word resentment because, um, I would say that resent that, that expectation leads to disappointment. Mm. Um, because it's that disappointment that somebody didn't do what you wanted them to do. Right. Right. And you're disappointed now. And then, by the way, that's when people leave, mm-hmm. Michael. That's when people decide they're not going to date somebody or go out with them again because they didn't they didn't play the way they wanted them to. They weren't who they needed them to be. And they didn't respond exactly how they wanted to, when they wanted them to. Guess what? They're not you. Right. 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 I've, I've heard that quote that said, the sooner you figure out that I'm not you, the better off we're going to be. Right. And that's what it's really all about is really honoring who somebody else is and learning and taking the time. And when you first get to know somebody, you don't know. When you do know somebody, then you understand patterns. Right. So if you are, you know, a couple that's been in touch and you talk all the time and then all of a sudden that person falls off the grid, you go, something's wrong. Right. 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 That's not, that's not the norm. Something's wrong. But when you first start dating somebody, you got to learn that person. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have to learn them. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, you're getting in rhythm. You're learning each other. Right. And, and it's, um, it's progress, not perfection. Right. You know, and we just, and the, and the more, and my suggestion to everyone who's listening in relationships, what's working for me is the more transparent and the more honest I am, I'm actually coming across more powerful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I, that vulnerability is really attractive to to the to your partner because they feel safe. They really uh-huh. feel safe with right. the, with the people that we're with. So it's working for us. And I think it'd be cool. I just thought about this sitting here. It's here's a great thing. Okay, Rachel knows I'm with you. Uh-huh. She knows I'm on the show. Okay, but she gets going and she's sitting here calling me during the show, knowing that I'm on the show. Right. The old me, we used to go, are you, are you, can you not, I mean, but that's why we call her Lala. She just, she's just she's Rachel. She's in Lala land. Yeah, she's just Rachel. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and we love her for that, but it'd be cool to have her on the show. Yeah. yeah you ought to. We've, to see, well, we've to, had her. To see both sides of it. We've yeah. We've had her. That was yep. a good show. We she, did. We did. We had her at the old studio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but, but that, that's a, that's a biggie. Yeah. But here, that's where I wanted to lead to though. So when I was saying expectation leads yeah. to disappointment expectation in your world leads to resentment. Yeah. So tell me how, tell me how that flips because I feel like I'm not that person that understands this because it doesn't lead to, I guess it could lead to resentment. Here we go. I'll tell you real quick. Yeah. This is really yeah, good. Let's so, do it. so let's use texting as an example. Okay. So I text Rachel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, good morning. I love you. And I'm driving to healing Springs ranch. Okay. My expectations are that I'm going to get a response back immediately saying, I love you too. You're my knight in shining armor. You're the greatest person to ever walk on the planet. Right. As a man, that's my, <laughs> but it ex- should be, that's my expectation. <laughs> right. right. No return text. So I'm in fear. Right. Right. If I don't do anything with the feeling of fear, then it turns into resentment. Now I'm resentful. Okay. If I don't do anything with resentment and I look at my phone again, now she still hasn't responded. Okay. If I don't do anything with that feeling, it turns into anger. Now I'm angry with her. I am angry with her because I did not resolve the fear healthy, healthy. Okay. She hasn't done anything wrong. I texted her. She didn't text me. I texted her. She hasn't responded. 
If I don't do anything with the feeling of anger, it turns into rage. Now, rage can be different in all sorts of relationships, but my rage today, I'm gripping the steering wheel tight. I'm like going, she is so selfish, self-centered. I cannot believe this. Over a text, right? So I'm texting. (laughs) I mean, I'm driving. I'm sorry. I'm in rage. Somebody cuts me off. I yell at them, okay? They didn't do anything to me, but I'm yelling and I'm in rage because I'm into self because I'm not getting the response I want. You ready? If I don't do anything with the feeling of rage, then it turns into isolation. I ain't talking to her. If she texts me back, I'm not even responding. I am not talking to her. Well, guess what? She still hasn't responded to the text. So the isolation turns into paranoia. And where the paranoia comes in, it's like, this is a bunny trail. She might be with somebody else. She might be packing my bags right now, putting them on the driveway. Her and Jennifer are plotting and scheming against me. <laughs> this is the paranoia that goes in oh our head over God. simple text. And, and listen. This are, is real talk. Are we done? I mean, is the bunny no, trail is, over? This is it because what happens Woo. is, what happens is, and then I get a, finally get a text back saying, babe, I love you so much. My phone battery was dead and Thank I just you. plugged it in. Yep. And, and that, that's the key. And by the way, that's, that's one hell of a bunny trail. I mean, I'm just but, saying. But I, that's what alcoholics and addicts do. And I would drink over that. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so I do, I will say I've seen versions of that though. And this is what I tend to hear is that people do go down the bunny trail. Uh, you know, he didn't call, maybe he's not into me. Maybe he doesn't want to go yeah. out with me again, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, I, now, I hate to say it, I love you guys, but I hear it all the time in matchmaking and dating because I hear your stories. And usually I'm always, well, I shouldn't say usually, I'm always the one that goes, you have no idea when, what's going on in their life. You have, you're jumping to conclude, like right. it almost angers me to hear people do it because it's so, it's so made up. It's so stupid that you'd make up stories about something else, about somebody, about yourself, about your worthiness, about their worthiness or whatever it may be, all because you didn't get your way. Right. Things didn't go exactly how you wanted. So now you're going to throw a fit, emotional fit, and fly down that huge bunny trail, which I can't even see that one. That's... But, but that's, listen, no judgment though. I mean, like I thank you because I always learn from you. That's one thing. Well, that's what I sit that's with you. And I'm we, like, so wow. what's what's the solution to fear? We talk about it. If somebody doesn't return a text and it's bothering me, okay. Number one, I'm spiritually unfit. Okay, at that time I'm spiritually unfit. I talk to a sponsor. I talk to a mentor and saying, hey, what's the real problem here? You know, what's the, it's not that she's not returning the text. What's the real problem here? And usually it is I'm spiritually disconnected. That's every time it is, and I'm in Or fear. you're getting in your head. I'm in my head, you're which in is a bad head. playground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and I think addict or no addict, that's where people tend to lose it, is right. when they get in their head about things. And uh, I will say, I think women do it more than men. Although Michael had a pr- did a pretty good job over there of, of uh, I mean, that, that was a great example. Well, I'm one of the, I'm a man that admits it, you know. I, you are I, a man that is so honest. I love that. Yeah, because I, I, love I that. have to be or I'll die. Yeah. 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 No, it's why we get along. <laughs> it's why we get along. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, you wear your heart on your sleeve and you are still a man. Yeah. You know, so many women think that a man that expresses his feelings and is vulnerable and can talk about how he feels and talk about when he's hurt or he's sad or he's fearful, that that would, it, 
Some women would see that as a weakness. I've heard it. But that is the greatest strength that you have. And it's why I love you and respect you um, besides the work that you do, which Uh I love how committed you are to, I mean, your community is, it's amazing what God has done with your life. I mean that. It is amazing. And I will say if any of you don't follow Michael uh, M2 The Rock, please do. I mean, addict or no addict, his shows are great. I mean, I'm not an addict and I love his conversations. I think they're relevant. So even though I'm not an, an, an active addict, I'm sure there's addictions, you know, everybody's got their little things, shopping. You know, Dr. Jeff Warren said it great at Park City's Baptist Church. He says, Michael, I'm truly convinced that we're all addicts. We're addicted to sin. Okay, when we are addicted to sin and and as a believer, we recognize that what the sin is and we repent and turn back to God. The great thing about repentance is we are giving God permission to show us grace. And that is the great that that is the upside of sin. If there is anything, I, you know, you have said that before about Mm -hmm. the addiction to sin. And uh, I found that I find that to be powerless. Mm. I find that to be a very powerless statement. And Mm. I. I'm all about surrendering to God. I mean, his will, I'm, I'm completely powerless to God, but I'm not going, I, that whole idea of being powerless to sin yeah, completely freaks, like hits me the wrong, the every part, really? part of it hits me there. And that yeah. funny yeah. Yeah. just from, and, and it could just be how I'm processing it. I get that, mm-hmm. but I'm not willing to accept that because I'm not powerless to it. I right. have control over it. Right. Um, we become weak. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt we can be weak, but not powerless. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, so, no, but listen, I'm, I'm not taking that away from you because, no, I, I mean, he's a powerful pastor and I, I love him too. And I think that it's ideas like that, that, that change us. If we allow a thought like that to come in and, and if it rolls in and it feels good and it feels right to you, then it is right to you. Mm-hmm. And if it rolls in and it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Mm-hmm. If there's something that you need to look at, learn, examine, question, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's how we grow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I love that we can have a difference of opinion, but I've learned so much from you. Me I too. have. I've You've learned so much. We've had more great driveway talks. Really? Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. And brunch talks. Yes. 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 Uh, okay. So, uh, but M2 The Rock, where can people find you? Just go to, in fact, we're live on our page right now. Everybody on M to the Rock that's watching, follow Jennifer Styers, Loveability. Great stuff. Thanks for joining uh, us. And just go to M to the Rock. Uh, it's the letter M, the number two, uh, the Rock, uh, because every time I kept hitting rock bottom, the same rock was there, and that rock was God. And that's how we got the name M to the Rock and M to the Rock.com. And I love you know, that. I love all, the name. It's, yeah, you know come what check it us is? Out. Uh, it is, it's, it's kind of a badass name, you know, <laughs> and you're just kind of a badass person. So, yeah. Uh, so it, it suits you. Aww. It just definitely suits you. You know, the other part of it too, is I think that so many people label addiction as weakness. And I think I said that earlier where it's really, when you are recovering, it's the greatest strength. Amen. Like I have, I've, I may not have ever known such a strong person. Like you're just one of the strongest people I know. And so addiction can be, I mean, recovering addicts can be, it can be cool to be a recovering addict. It's cool to not have to have a drink or a drug or whatever people do (laughs) or whatever people do, whatever it is. And, um, and also understanding, and I'm sorry, you know, I wanted, I really wanted to relate this 
to relationships, and I know we did in ways. There's always crossover points, right? With with it was all great. of this. God, God jumped right in there and just took this show and ran. It was awesome. Always does. It was awesome. Uh, but but I hope that uh, I hope that we. If you have any questions, I would like to recommend uh, the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud. I think he, so. Henry Cloud, I think, is local. I think he's a Dallas guy. Is he? Yeah, I know his son is here, uh, and. He also has a live deal on Facebook. I've seen it before, and um, I've watched it before. So he does a live thing, I want to say, daily. Mm. So if anybody has work to do and boundaries, uh, I might suggest you going to his page. And uh, I always have recommended his book. I love it. And uh, and then, of course, Melanie Beatty's, you know, Codependent No More. And there's all kinds of branches of little – she's got little coffee table books and little meditation books and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and everybody should read on codependency. Don't you think, Michael? Like everybody. I've got that book. Everybody's yeah. got forms of it in them and where they got it. It's all different as a counselor. I know that, um, it all comes from different sources, different places. Uh, but it's good to read because you will connect with portions of it in yeah. some places in your life and you'll be able to see yourself. Uh, and for women, uh, lastly, I know I need to wrap this up, but for women, there's a book that I love too. I haven't read it in a really, really long time. But uh, Love Addiction. Uh, that is a good book. Love Addiction is, well, there is a book called Love Addiction, but yeah. there's, a, there's a book by Robin Norwood that's Women Who Love Too Much. Hmm. Uh, I, I literally haven't read what it since that mean? high school. Well, when you overlove, when you are, you're codependent and you ah. overlove, ah. it's, uh, I, I've had some uh, adults read it recently and it's a really, really good book. So hmm. ladies, if you're out there and you, uh, you find yourself uh, getting in relationships with a lot of fixer-uppers and trying to love them out of whatever they're doing, whatever their, whatever their uh, issues are, that's a great book for you to read. So I always think sources are great to give people sources. Do you have any books you love that you want to recommend? I love Tony Evans, uh, Detours, okay. uh, the book Detours by Dr. Tony Evans. Whatever Dr. Tony Evans uh, writes, um, I love that. Um, of course, I love the Bible. I, I, I study the, the Life Recovery Bible, the Living uh, Translation uh, um, version. And um, I, got, I got a lot of them I got to get to. I'll get on these book trails that I can't finish them. And uh, I get so many books sent to me. But uh, Dr. Tony Evans, all his books are, are very helpful for me. Okay, great, great. Well, thanks for being here again. Thank you, I know. Neighbor. I just feel like I'm yeah. sitting in my... Uh, we literally, I can look at my window, look right down at her house. I go, hey. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> so come on and our I show. And I never see you, but yeah. yeah, but thanks for looking at my house. Yeah, but I want okay. you to come to our show too. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for being here. Uh, any questions you have, uh, feel free to message Michael or myself. And uh, make sure you listen. Uh, you can listen to the replay or any of our previous uh, podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever. I don't say it enough, but you can listen to the audio version if you miss it here. So uh, send your friends. Have a great day. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Stiers.